Hello everyone and welcome back to Is It Peak? Today we're discussing Season 6, Episode 3 of Better Call Saul, Rock and Hard Place. Joining me today is Johnny Cooper. Hello everyone, Johnny Cooper here. Also with me is Vaguna himself, Cinnabad. Hello. And we have newcomer Imperfect Dan. Was good. That was a pretty crazy episode, right? Yeah, that shit was crazy. So crazy, I had it spoiled hours before. Yeah, we gotta talk about that first, don't we? I forgot to mention that in my notes, but the entire episode pretty much got leaked beforehand, like almost a full day beforehand. I was streaming and then HN, you know, he came to my stream and he said this was Ozymandias 2.0 and right there I was like, oh no, I know what's gonna happen. Yeah, I kind of ruined it for Cooper, unfortunately. <laughs> too. I did not ruin it for you. You basically confirmed. I did not. I, I, I was nice though. I was going to DM Dan and just tell him what was going to happen because I was feeling a bit trolly, but I decided not to. Although I guess mm -hmm. it didn't matter anyway because, you know, he found out. I think Peter Gould kind of ruined it because like he was like, this episode is going to be shattering. And it's like, what else would happen? Exactly. Yeah, I, thought yeah. he, I thought he might just be doing a bit of trolling and it was just going to be some some filler episode, you know, but I guess not. Mm -hmm. I should have figured out because Gordon, Gordon Smith wrote and directed this episode, right? Yeah, but no one yes. knows who he is. Yeah. Isn't he the guy from uh, Twin Peaks? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's Gordon Cole. He did some oh. like pretty big Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad episodes, I think. We, we have only episode of Better Call Saul he's directed was the mid-episode Namaste from last season. Although, he, mm -hmm. in terms of writing, he wrote uh, Chicanery and mm -hmm. Five-O and uh, one other one, I think. One other big one. I don't even remember those episodes, if I'm gonna be honest. So what happened was, in another Discord server I was in, and I, I probably left, like, they're really, like, speculative about this crap, and then, like, eventually, they were, like, sending IMDB reviews, and, yeah, that's how I got spoiled. And isn't, like, the Michael Mando interview got leaked, too? Or No, that, was, that was afterwards. But, yeah, um, this episode is currently the highest rated Better Call Saul episode with a 9.8 on IMDB. Compared to the second highest rated, which was Bad Choice Road with a 9.7. Mm -hmm. Chicanery also got the same number. Yeah, Chicanery, Bagman, and Bad Choice Road all have a 9.7 currently. Winner should be a 10. Fair, it's like a first reaction thing. So likely it's Yeah, gonna... it might go down. It currently has like 8,000 ratings and Bad Choice Road has like double that amount. So it might go down more, but who knows. Winner went down to a 9.5, which is crazy. Yeah, winners, winners are 9.5. That shouldn't happen. Is that the best episode, Santa? Yes, it is. I think I shifted my mind on that because Winner was originally my favorite Better Call Saul episode. I think now Chicanery is kind of warming up a little more. I kind of prefer Chicanery now. Chicanery is, is just going to be unbeatable. It's going to take some real fucking magic to top that episode. You know? Yeah, I mean, the yeah. thing is, like, people say Ozymandias is like, there's no filler. For me, it's like Chicanery is that episode where every single minute is interesting. Like, there's not a single True. minute where it's not amazing. Has the introduction of Huel Babino. Oh yeah, dude, my audience went wild when that happened. Yeah, you were watching it in the theater next to No Way Home, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the uh, IMDB and it shows that Mando the Rescue is actually beating Rock in a Hard Place. Oh my god. Really? CGI Luke Skywalker fucking solos Michael Mando. Michael Mando needs an Emmy. He's not gonna get it. Michael Mando is gonna lose the Emmy. He's gonna lose the Emmy to Finn Wolfhard, sadly. We, we can officially call the Emmys racist if he doesn't win. A supporting yeah. actor. 
I mean, he's only in three episodes, so uh, I mean, unless he comes back. Three out of seven episodes, that's enough. I mean, there might be a chance we get some, like, cold open where we see, like, a flashback of him hanging out with his daddy or something, I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would he count as a guest star Emmy? The guest star Emmy's gonna go to Brian Cranston. Oh, shit, yeah, you're right. What if Brian Cranston's in more episodes than Michael Mando? That's probably likely. Or maybe he might be, like, not likely at all, you know? He would have to be in three episodes. He's not going to be in three episodes. So? I think it's pretty likely. Seven through uh, ten. You guys are crazy. There's no way they'd do that. Well, Sinner, Sinner, Sinner's already off the bat with his predictions because last episode he did say Michael uh, Nacho was going to die this episode and he was right. I literally... Yeah. I thought they were going to drag it out. Dude, I had to watch the podcast again for that. Like, I was like, yo, didn't HN said this would never happen? And the show would be amazing if it did. I had to look for it. Let's save it. Let's save it for when right. we get to that. Because right now we need to talk about the episode at hand, starting with the cold open, which was pretty mysterious, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, at the beginning, we see a single blue flower surrounded by nothing but, you know, dry grass and sand in the middle of the desert. You know, all with the same bland color, which I, you know, in the context of the episode story can, you know, represent all pure evil, like, you know, Gus, Balsa, and the twins, you know, having nothing pure inside them while the blue flower represents Nacho, a man who is not like the rest of those monsters, and thus the flower stands out from the rest of the desert. Then when the rain starts to hit, the flower, it gives it a new meaning, that being his tragic death and, you know, how he was never able to escape his deeds. But it could also mean that everything surrounding the blue flower is the hope and life of Nacho. While the blue uh, flower itself represents the last thing he has, that being his father. Did you just come up with that on the spot? Bravo, ghoul. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess because I was spoiled. I guess it was more like just wondering if that related to nacho because obviously it did it was just a matter of how and then i saw the glass and my first thought was something to do with his car and i think that's like meant to be meant to be like a red herring because like after that that's like the first thing we see like his car it was kind of ruined having being spoiled beforehand because like this is like the absolute worst episode to get spoiled beforehand because like although the episode does just kind of tell you like right at the start that he's gonna die so yeah Mm -hmm. could have been worse yeah you just have to have a high AQ to understand that he is, you know, he is going to die. Anyway, moving on from that, uh, we got Nacho uh, driving around and then he hides in this like big old oil tanker thing. And then the mm-hmm. twins show up and, you know, they continue their trend from last episode of being a bit dumb, you know, because they just like completely miss him. Mm-hmm. I've been well, meaning to discuss this. I've been meaning to discuss this, but like, like I've been seeing this from some people, but like, they seem to just really hate how the twins, like, they do this thing where they, like, move at the same time, but very slowly. I just think it's cool. I don't care about the logic. <laughs> like, this mm-hmm. is me personally. I mean, you can be cool while also being efficient, and they're not very efficient in that regard. They're inspired by the Terminator. Everyone's going to talk about the one-minute episode. To be fair, Hank had an advantage. That's my defense. And Nacho's, like, really... Like, they weren't even trying to kill Nacho. They were just, like, they just... They just shot as, like, just what? just want to hug him. They just shot yeah. a tire, and they were, like, trying to get him. Yeah, okay, sure, but why didn't they... Why were they going so fucking slowly towards this car when they could just run over and just pull him out and be done with it? <laughs> I think uh, they're just mentally behind. Do you think they're mentally stupid, like, canonically? Maybe. Yeah. Nah. Like, look what happened when they were a kid. They got mentally abused. Yeah, by that bitch Hector. 
I guess there just hasn't been a moment to me where it's like I'm thinking, hurry up. Besides, like when the when he had a gun and Hank, and like he just took forever to get the hammer or the hammer or whatever it was, a pickaxe. That's when I was like, okay, you need to hurry up. That was like the only moment for me. I think they just wanted to savor the moment. Yeah, they for wanted to savor that. But uh, yeah, in terms of the nacho stuff, is it me or like, did I feel, did you guys like predict like that one of the twins was going to like look through the, the whole thing when he was looking there? Because I was like, yo, don't look there. The twin might see you. Mm-hmm. Like literally yeah. a couple seconds later, like I just, I just got that right. Yeah, I thought it was stupid for nacho to hide in there. It really, yeah, why, why did he even do that? The twins didn't look anywhere else. They just looked in that thing for like five seconds and then they just took off. Like Nacho could just hide mm-hmm. in some random tree off, off, like just in the background and they wouldn't have found him anyway. We're just poking holes in this at this point. Yeah, just like the little holes that were in the tank. He had to go under the oil. Is that even like, bro, is that even healthy? Like how the hell did he survive that? No, it's not. In the in the Inside Barry Saul podcast, uh, Michael Mando said he also tried getting Gordon Smith to jump in the fake oil. We wouldn't do it. Pretty mid-director, honestly. This should have been done by Ryan Johnson. If Ryan Johnson directed this episode, that would have been funny. That would have been crazy. There's still hope. Ah, uh, I'm sorry. I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. After the, after that scene, we get uh, Nacho calling up his dad, his daddy. I would say before that, I like the little detail, like with the when he when the I forgot his name, but like he was like, "Yo, you can just take the shower and stuff." And like he was trying to give him money for the telephone. I was like, he didn't even have to do that, but it's like he was just being nice. He was the only person in all of Mexico who didn't want Nacho dead. You know, as I said, Achen told me before the episode aired that uh, you know, Nacho had to make a hard decision. You know, so I thought um, I did Nacho not say was that. going to. Yeah, you did, bro. Yeah, that's that's in the fucking episode description. It's like Nacho is forced to choose his loyalties or something. Yeah, it's like Nacho makes a choice or some bullshit like that. Yeah, I thought he was going to let his father die, you know, since he was uh, unwilling to leave New Mexico. Um, but of course, you know, that turned out to be the opposite. Yeah, his father's a bit of a cunt, you know? I know. Right? He really, he really hang, hung Nacho out to dry, even though he probably didn't know. Did his father know that was going to be their last conversation? Probably not. He did not know. He's never going to know. My thing that's really makes me kind of bitter about it is like knowing that he'll likely never understand the struggle he had to go through. Will his dad even know he's dead? I don't even know. Like, will he even be a part of the story? I've seen a lot of people saying in the Reddit prediction thread that like they think now like Lalo's gonna go after his dad and like Mike's gonna like have to kill the dad anyway. And it's like they're not gonna do that. Completely invalidate the entire episode. Whatever they do with his dad, it's gonna be in relation to Mike. Like usually with these stories, like they try to connect it to whatever main character. It's probably gonna be like Mike either telling him or like I don't know, maybe him looking out for him. Yeah, I think at most we'll get a scene where Mike comes in and sits down to him and is like, "Yeah, your son's fucking dead. Mm-hmm. He died uh, in an unrelated car accident." That would honestly be interesting seeing Mike having to tell him that. That's gonna be interesting. That it, it is likely that could definitely it could, happen. It could happen. Mm-hmm. And he says no more half measures, and everyone claps. Oh shit! Bravo, Vince. Yeah, Hector knows his father though, so. Yeah, but Hector ain't gonna be telling anyone about it. I was gonna say Michael Mando's acting when he had to call his dad. Like, bro, you could tell he's trying so hard just not to pull out ball. So those all breaking bad. I think the only thing that's honestly missing is I feel like most of the breaking bad crap has like a backstory to it, and the nacho and dad stuff doesn't. 
So it, it probably it probably doesn't hit as hard as some of the harder moments in Breaking Bad. No, you're wrong. Nacho dying is way more emotional than fucking bald ass Hank dying. Andrea's death was still crazy. Who the fuck cares about Andrea? Then Andrea. Uh, Andrea, Andrea, I don't know how it's said. So after he calls his daddy, he calls uh, Mike to like negotiate for his father's safety, you know? And uh, Gus goes along with it. Although I'm going to talk about for a moment how I fucking hate Gus. And his entire plan was stupid. And hopefully he learns from this in Breaking Bad, which I think he does. He's going to get his face blown off. No, I I'm going to be for real though. Like, I think this honestly made me like Gus less. And I didn't. Yeah, Gus is a possible. fucking. I fucking hate Gus now. Like, mm -hmm. I don't even know why I even like Gus to begin with. It was like what, because of Max, I guess. Because but... he's epic cool guy who blows people up. Epic cool business. Oh, wait, man. No, he doesn't blow people up. He blows up. I'm glad Walt killed him. Yeah, but Walt's it's Walt Walt's who's killing him, right? Like, it's not like it's Jesse. It's Walt. So Walt's better than mm -hmm. Gus. Uh, yeah. that's Walt did nothing wrong, guys. Yeah, he was just providing for the family. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Gus ain't got a family to provide for. They better confirm yeah. things, hey, bro. They better. They're <laughs> not gonna do it. They have it's to. It's literally bro. basically confirmed anyway. Even if they don't <laughs> say it, it just is. <laughs> like, bro, like, just say it already. Half the writer's room is homophobic. They probably are. I mean, and womanphobic. Bro, but why would Lalo joke about it? Like, come on. They're aware. They're aware of this. If Vince wasn't in the writer's room this season, then they would have confirmed it. But because Vince is such a homophobe, they're not going to confirm it. <laughs> Are you saying that because he's got a Thurman accent? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that because I hate Vince. <laughs> oh my gosh. Vince is... Vince needs to get a job. He created Jesse Pinkman, bruh. Come on. He was going to kill him off in season one. Nacho Solo is Jesse. Oh. Oh. True. Really? He's, manly. he's oh. not a crybaby hot like take. Uh, Hot take. Is it? A, okay, it's probably not a hot take, to be honest. It probably isn't. No one still loves Jesse. I would prefer the, I would rather the Nacho movie than the Jesse movie. I think Jesse just went through worse. That's why I like him. It's it like, doesn't matter because Chuck is better than both. Do you mean like more likable? Or just like a better character? Yeah. Yeah, both. Anyways, in that scene, uh, like Nacho's really got Gus against the ropes. Like Gus mm -hmm. is just, he's, he's fucked as Nacho says. Or did he say he's screwed? He said something like that. He says you're fucked or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For a second, I thought, you know, Gus Ring was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he, he's going to die and get replaced by the actual competent Gus Ring we're seeing bringing bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, more brother. Sigma. Dude, I'm going to be for real. I thought he was going to double cross on him until like a couple of yeah. instances later when he was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with your bullshit story, but make sure my dad's safe. I was like, damn, who's really about to die? So moving on from that, we... Cut back to the mid-Jimmy plot. For real? <laughs> Not mid. Uh, it's mid compared to what else is going on in this episode. They're True. playing the screw over Howard. Yeah, fuck Howard. I mean, fuck them for fucking Howard. I will say, the first time I watched it, I literally... Yeah, I, w I was feeling that way, but on rewatch, it's it's better. Kim is just not very likable currently. None of them are. It's not just because I hate women. Literally none of them I think are. you do. Jimmy's not fully committed to it, you can tell. He, like, is just going along with it because he wants Kim's pussy. <laughs> Who doesn't, bro? No, I actually like I actually like how they gave Jimmy that to deal with because I, I was just wondering, it's like, what else can you do with Jimmy this season? Because they could just make him full-out Saul Goodman. But I like how he's still, like, mm -hmm. dealing with last season. Yeah, they're not just doing what you'd think. They're not doing the, like, 
he becomes solve and Kim leaves him because she's too good for him or anything like that. They, yeah. Just Kim's arc and Jimmy, like that stuff has just been just not what I expected at all. Which is good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Even if it's painful to watch at times. Mm -hmm. Kim leaves uh, Saul for Ernie. It was like really painful seeing how Kim like fucked with the Kettleman's like brains. Like, gosh, seeing her yeah, like that was painful. That was actually kind of hard to watch. I'm not even gonna hold you. Yeah, she's so dedicated now. But yeah, probably the most important thing that happens in regard to that plot this episode is uh, Suzanne Erickson, the district district attorney. Uh, mm -hmm. talking to Kim about how like they know Lalo is Jorge de Guzman and how he's dead and they want Jimmy to like give him up to give him more intel you know and he's Kim seems to Kim seems like she doesn't want him to do it so she's gonna become the cartel sex slave mm. yeah my initial my initial take on that during that conversation was like maybe she was like becoming doubtful but like knowing what happens later it's kind of clear that she doesn't want him to like rat the cartel out. I think it's kind of clear. Yeah, mm -hmm. she likes that cartel money. He's gonna snitch, and then that's why he says it wasn't me; it was Ignacio. I actually like how the line's way more mysterious now compared to like the end of season five, where it kind of fits, right? But now it's like, mm -hmm. what even happens to lead to that moment? Well, some shit with Lalo, for sure. Lalo and Jimmy are definitely going to have another entanglement. Uh, definitely. I hope so. Speaking of Lalo, no Lalo on this episode again. <laughs> yeah, he's too mid. The, the episode preview just completely lied. It had, like, footage of Lalo and uh, uh, Francesca. Lalo, I think, is going to be in episode four or five. One of those episodes. I mean, he's, de he's surely got to be back in episode four. I think that preview was, like, a preview of all the uh, episodes of the season, actually. Oh, was it? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, because they had that scene of like in the preview of like Lalo like looking all dressed up in like some fancy ass house. I have no idea what's going on there. What's mm -hmm. that character that he plays in Hawkeye? I forgot. He looks like him. The swordsman. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen it. But um I will say Tony Dalton, like everybody was like he stole season five. Now everyone just kind of forgot about him because of Michael Mando. Well, that's just for this episode. Everyone's going to fucking forget about Michael Mando next episode and onwards. Yeah, it's definitely been the Nacho, Nacho show. Mm -hmm. and up until now, obviously. Which is good. Yeah, it's actually good in hindsight. Because, like, it gives the other stories more room to breathe, I guess. Because, I don't know about you guys, but after the end of Season 5, like, Nacho's plot was definitely what I was wanting to see continue going forward. Like, the most? Compared to Jimmy's stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy's plot right now is, uh, it's a little boring, you know? I hope he gets his car soon. I want, yeah, I want him to get the fucking car. He probably won't get his new car till like six B, <laughs> like episode ten or some shit. Considering, well, yeah, they had the perfect opportunity. They had the opportunity to get him a new car, but then he just got some. He just rented some random other car last episode. <laughs> I didn't realize that they're gonna make you wait. They fucking tricked me with the season six trailer with that shot of a car, but that was just from the episode one cold open. So many red herrings. Mm -hmm. Maybe they just time skip him and he just has the car. That'll be shit. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see him uh, getting the car. You know, the same um, Han Solo. You know what I mean? Yeah, they'll save that for the spin-off spin-off. How Jimmy got the car. Yeah, and... Um, Goodman. The thing is, like... I feel like with this show in Breaking Bad, there, there'll be sometimes these storylines in which, like, it's around doing this meticulous thing. And I'm always that... I'm most likely that person that's a little confused. And this was kind of an example, like the whole like scam they pulled off. Like I had to rewatch it 
and then like it made more sense to me i don't know what a valet was i wasn't really paying attention to that part because i was like falling asleep because i wanted to get back to the nacho stuff but you know <laughs> you stole stole someone's keys um and then some guy did something no i, I know now they oh, stole no. howard's keys then copied. so i thought the valet person was in on it i thought the valet person was in on the scam but he wasn't it seems like that would have been way easier I thought they were gonna use uh, I thought they were gonna use Bill Burr uh for that character, but instead they just got a random character for that. Well, some uh, people role. are predicting that the local pro next episode is gonna be Bill Burr. It's either Bill Burr or Wendy. Bill Burr would be so be cool. I need to see him. What is Wendy a local pro of? She just fucking blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, she is. Heel, okay, to be honest, other than Nacho, I would say Heel stole. Besides Nacho, Heel stole this episode. I liked what you'll say. Well, yeah, we got to talk about we'll get to that. the big scene this episode that everyone's talking about. Of course, I'm talking mm -hmm. about the return of Huel Babino. <laughs> oh, yeah, that shit was crazy. Yeah, yeah, he put, he pulled the chicanery thing again. He bumped into Howard, <laughs> took his keys. <laughs> valet person. Oh, wait, no, not the Howard. Valet the, the, the valet guy. Mm -hmm. Silly me, because Howard would have recognized him. Yeah, I just really like his involvement. And, like, I don't know if we can talk about this already, but, like, Again, that conversation with Jimmy, I really, I really love that. Especially that it's coming from him, of all people. Him well, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. I just want to talk about that entire scene, that little, that little scam thing, just that little vignette of that thing. <laughs> I really liked that, especially the part where like, he's like running down the stairs and it's like a long take and then like transitions back into like the copying the key thing, like real smooth like. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed mm -hmm. that. Yeah, that scene was great, and the music was really good as and well. And the little joke where he was like, he's not, like, he was doubting whether the valet person would come down the stairs really fast. And, like, right when they finished, it's like, oh, shit, he came in fast. That man is dedicated to his job. <laughs> oh, yeah. Doing all that for $7 an hour. Right. Uh, the next episode is titled uh, Hit and Run. And, you know, since that whole heist with Hugh Babino happened, you know, replicating uh, Howard's, you know, key... Uh, do you think they'll hire someone to drive uh, Howard's vehicle and run over someone and then blame <laughs> Howard for the incident? Oh. I don't think it'll be as drastic as literally running over someone. I think they're going to run into Howard's car like uh, the pilot. But yeah, um, that scene that Dan was talking about where where Huel, you know, asks Saul, like, well, why is he doing all this shit? And Saul does not seem entirely convinced by his explanation. Yeah, He's, he's trying to convince himself. Yeah, this is giving us uh, more in-depth to Huel and Saul's relationship. Yeah, Huel and Sol have the most stable relationship in all of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Because they've never once mm -hmm. had beef. He seemed pretty annoyed at Huel a couple times in Breaking <laughs> Bad's later seasons. Like going to the bathroom? When Huel just didn't give a shit anymore. Dude was like, bro, you have good money. You have legit money. <laughs> like, why are you doing this? He snitched on Saul in Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. The biggest betrayal. Huel isn't a real one after all. <laughs> because the scene after the Huel one... Or before the human one was uh, Nacho's last meal. Oh yeah. Oh shit. He had that nice little chicken. Very Jesus-like, the Last Supper, and everything. This episode just showered and religious crap, yeah. crap, spiritual crap. Similar like when Jesse was a sacrifice. Je Jesse was. Oh yeah, the 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 that video was like Jesse was like waltz Jesus Christ or some shit or some whatever that interpretation. Yeah, he was. died for his sins. He died for his sins. Yeah. I have not Dad heard about Watson's. this. Wait, which up? Wait, what, it's like a, what are we talking about? It was from a video called The Take, and it's like, it's called Jesse Pinkman Lived for Your Sins. It's not, it doesn't sound as cringe as you think. What the fuck? It's not as cringe as it sounds. Yeah, I don't, 
I don't watch many Breaking Bad video essays because they're always just really like weird and pretentious. I just don't like them. <laughs> the only good one is the one where Walter White did nothing wrong. That's the only good one. You really like the oh, troll yeah. videos. I, I, I so wish I came up with that myself. <laughs> I could be a millionaire right now. That video had a lot of views. Like, damn, I wish I had some. Uh-huh. That's like over a million. HN secretly runs that channel that said Better Call Saul's overrated. Yeah, that video was terrible. <laughs> Which video? It was so funny. The Better Call Saul is, is kind of overrated Dude, video. he went on a rant about how Breaking Bad won less Emmys than Better Call Saul, and that's, like, objectively incorrect. Like, break, didn't Breaking Bad win way more Emmys? Better Call Saul has not won any Emmys. He didn't win shit. Nothing. Well, maybe if Better Call Saul was just a good show, it would have won some Emmys by now. <laughs> Exactly. Like Breaking Bad had like 50 Emmy nominations, I think, and then Better Call Saul has like 39. Yeah, but no wins. Yes. It's gonna get more after these two seasons. It's gonna be hilarious if it still doesn't get any. The only the only Emmy it's gonna get is Walter White, uh, guest star. Actor. Oh my god. That'd be funny. And Giancarlo Esposito for supporting actor, because I always nominate him for some reason, even though he's like the worst character in the show currently. Oh, come on. Exactly. He's a, But he's a good actor, though. He's an amazing actor. Yeah, but it's, Gus has just been, like, worthless his entire show, except for, like, season four. <laughs> but he's, like, a background character. He's a, he's a main cast. Okay, yeah, he's a main cast, but, like, some Better Call Saul characters are literally just there. Like, Tyrus. What's Tyrus there for? <laughs> for Tyrus isn't main cast, is he? Okay, <laughs> okay, you like win Lydia. that. You win that. <laughs> if they don't have fucking Tyrus up there with Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> it's just for Sorry, Breaking Bob Bad Odenkirk references. Tyrus. It's just to shape Breaking Bad. Speaking of that, isn't it, like, Tyrus is always around with Victor in Medical Soul, and then in Breaking Bad, Tyrus doesn't show up until Victor's dead. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. and, and the thing is... Tyrus was just on a holiday. The I would say the one episode where it's actually good in terms of Gus was, like, Decidio Amax um, or something? I, I don't know the name. Dedicado Amax. It's like when Mike... Yeah. That episode was actually pretty good for Gus. For Gus, it was really good. Yeah, that episode's all right. I don't even remember what happened in that episode, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, that was in the mid-section of season 5. Gus and Mike were fighting. As always. And Mike was feeding the chickens. Didn't, like, Mike got beat up by a bunch of thugs, and then... Did he actually feed chickens in that episode? <laughs> I don't know. There was I don't think he did. There. They had Wendell for chicken show up again. Do you think that meant something? You know, Mike feeding the chicken, you know? Gus chicken, you know what I mean? Bravo, Vince. Yeah, he's feeding Gus's chicken empire. Bravo, Vince. Interesting. But yeah, with Nacho's last meal and like just how Victor comes in and tells him that Nacho isn't pretty enough or whatever. Oh no, he's too pretty. So they have to beat him up. I mean, they're right. Just, Nacho is really hot. Gus is just treating Nacho like fucking shit. Bruh, speaking of pretty, I'm so mad. Sorry, I'm so mad that this is the only time we got to see him shirtless. Who, Nacho? Nacho, yeah. This is the only time we get to see him shirtless. Oh, sh- That's crazy. You're just a thirsty motherfucker. <laughs> For real. We got Naked Soul in episode 2, that's enough. Okay, but Bob Odenkirk ain't that attractive. Whoa, okay. Say it to his face. <laughs> I won't, he's too nice. No, but, um, I like when Mike was like, he was like, I'm a, I'm a rough him up myself, because, oh, that was really nice. Yeah, and that fucking bitch, that bitch Victor was, was fucking smiling, smirking like, about it. Damn. He's smirking the entire episode, an annoying ass prick. Such an asshole. Yeah, even at the end, actually, when uh, Nacho died, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was, when he was, out, like, he was laughing, smiling. Laughing towards yeah. him. Bro, that dude's weird. What a dick. They need to make him a real character. That's just weird. <laughs> weird behavior. Why do they need to make him a real character? Just Tyrus. Tyrus isn't even as comical as that. Like, 
Why are you smiling? That's that's the moment when Nacho decided he was gonna. I mean, that's the moment when Gus decided he was gonna kill him with a box cutter. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh -huh. He thought, nah, that's fucked up. The last drink they had together, Mike and Nacho. Yeah, it was that was cute. I thought they were gonna have a goodbye. Yeah, Nacho trusting Mike shows how far uh, the relationship has come. You know, like when they when uh, Nacho uh, called Mike, you know, and told him, you know, to uh, to promise him, you know, not to kill his father. Yeah, remember back when uh, Mike was trying to get Nacho's um, when he was trying to get baseball cards back from Nacho mm -hmm. back in season two. That's an eternity ago at this point. Yeah, they're they're caring for each other. It's like very unspoken. Like I don't think they ever to each other like anything. They're it's like you could just tell. Well, I don't think they even like each other that much. It's just more like it's like you know, a respect thing. They, they're, they're human beings. They're not fucking soulless bitches. Yeah, like exactly. Us. Mm -hmm. Like and like obviously the way he cares about his dad, it's like Mike can, I can relate to that. But all this is like making me feel like how the hell can Mike keep working for Gus after this? Like Jesus. I guess this is showing how like Mike's just like you know he doesn't give a shit or not not that he gives a shit he's just like does what he has to do to get the job done get that money you know yeah I think it's after mm -hmm. the Warner thing and then you know obviously being in Mexico and kind of like learning to like deal with the baggage and then understanding Gus I feel like it makes him a little more understanding of Gus even though I really don't think he deserves much sympathy. <laughs> Well, I think in these next few episodes, we're going to see Mike and Gus's relationship, like, become more solid, you know. Gus is going to actually start taking his advice, probably. Because I think Gus realizes he, he kind of fucked up with this whole thing. I mean, he's got to realize at some point, considering how much more smarter and calculating he is in Breaking Bad compared to Better Call Saul. Mm -hmm. Actually, like, I like how Gus... Did, did Gus ever tell, like, besides, like, his henchmen, like, he's never, like, told anybody, like... He just wanted revenge. Like, I actually like how he kind of opened up to him about that. Yeah, he hasn't told anyone about that except for Mike. Jesse. Probably. Yeah, and Jesse. Did he tell Jesse? Well, Jesse, like, found out about it, like, secondhand off, surely. I just like that connection. Like, he, he sent him to Max's memorial and, like, like showed him a side of him. Because to me, that kind of makes more sense why Mike would stick with him. Because he wouldn't just stick with somebody that's, like, completely soulless. But I, I don't know. I don't know how he would still be there, especially after Nacho. Yeah, uh, I saw some guy on Twitter point out how um, when Nacho was in the van, there's like a rope right next to him, you know, and I know we all meme about foreshadowing and Breaking Bad because of how, you know, Breaking, you know, bad fans reach a lot. But do you think that's, that was actually intentional? I mean, obviously it was. Yeah, I think it was. I noticed it immediately. Yeah. Which which rope? I didn't what, what say it again. Like a noose. It's like a noose, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. That, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. definitely intentional. If it's in like the literally the same episode, then it's probably intentional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but do, speaking of, did you guys see that like post about how there was like that domino that had like a six and a three? And people said that foreshadowed Nacho's death. I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. <laughs> that would have been funny. Maybe. I don't know. That would have been funny though. If if the domino said like Nacho's gonna kill himself on it, then maybe I'll believe it. <laughs> if the domino said that, yeah. It just had a picture of Nacho putting a gun to his head on it. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and the final nod with Mike and Nacho. What did you guys think like was going on there? Because you can kind of see it in many ways. They're just like they just respect each other. But did you did you think like Mike knew what he was gonna do, especially after what he said later? No. He, he looked didn't. he looked pretty surprised. He looked surprised. Okay. I think he thought he was gonna shoot uh, Bolsa. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. When during that scene, Mike says like, "Do it." Yeah. And yeah, like, he thought he was gonna. Was shoot he him. saying do it to shoot That's Bolsa or to saying. kill himself? That's what I was saying. I was like, 
Because no. if he shot Volsa, what it's would Mike have done? Bolsa. Yeah, like if he kills Bolsa, that just seems like a fucking terrible idea. I mean, obviously, yeah, but mm -hmm. then everyone is shot, and then Mike just starts sniping off everyone. Dude, one. yeah, I'm sure yeah. Gus will love that. Just kill Gus. Just kill Gus <laughs> right there. I mean, kill them all. he would love yeah. that if he left. Bro, who cares about Gus? Mike can hide from Mike can hide from the cartel. Who cares? Just kill Gus. <laughs> I mean, we haven't seen much proof of Gus's physical activity other than, like, that one time when he put the bag over Nacho's friend. Victor. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, he's, he's pretty strong. Yeah, Gus is honestly, like, I'm surprised sometimes when he does that. I want to get a scene where, like, Nacho's, like, I mean, where Gus is, like, full-on, like, sprinting after someone. <laughs> like, he'd run, like, the Terminator. He'd run, like, the T-1000 and Terminator 2, like, super precise. Gus did had a Terminator moment in Season 4. Like, when the... Like what the cartel? They were pointing guns at the henchmen, and he was just walking through. That was definitely a Terminator. Oh, that seems so dumb. That's Kino. Jesse was just standing there, right? Like, Mike was like, "Get down!" Yeah, until Mike. Yeah, he was in shock. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like Cine said, I saw some guy on YouTube comment that if uh, Nacho killed Balsa, then Mike will have killed Gus and the twins right there. You know, since both of them will be free. And then Mike becomes the narrow chicken man. So, uh, do we want to talk more in depth about that last uh, Kim and Jimmy scene? I don't even remember that scene, to be honest. Yeah, there was a bunch of uh, sticky notes. Like, one said Namaste, like Howard's license plate. I saw someone, someone said there was one which had like a, like a high heel or something, which probably means Wendy. I doubt it. I thought it was referring to the hookers that went after Howard. Well, yeah, new hookers. Yeah, that makes more sense. Well, yeah, well I don't know. Is, is Jimmy just going to do the hooker thing again with Wendy? <laughs> that'd be funny back in early 2021 i saw this tiktok of a guy recording um like the behind the scenes of better call saul and howard was outside a hotel yeah yeah i saw that as well so yeah i think they're gonna bring uh wendy or somebody back i i, I swear i saw something that like jimmy's gonna like dress up as howard and like go around in howard's car like really loudly talking about how he wants to get his dick sucked by wendy or something <laughs> dude oh shit yo him and kim are in an open gonna relationship be holy shit <laughs> Don't forget that Wendy and Kim are the same person. Oh, damn. You're right. Otherwise, is it Rhea Seahorn or Ray? Because I heard her name is Ray. Rhea Seahorn. It's Rhea. I'm pretty sure it's just Ray. Yeah, somebody said it was Ray. Who cares? Ray Skywalker? Um, But about the last conversation, like, what do you guys think? Why do you Why do you think she told Jimmy, like, the way like the way she did it? Like, why do you think she, she did that? Well, she wants him to stay a friend of a cartel. Yeah, but... So he can keep getting that cartel money. I don't know. It just seems like Kim really is like, I guess she's like this. She's very adamant on moving forward and just like not thinking about like past stuff. I don't think mm -hmm. Kim's entirely sure what she wants right now. You know how Jimmy was like dealing with like the stuff in Bagman and, and that she's just kind of like trying to be there for him and just worrying about like literally what Bad Choice Road, that same episode. She's just like trying to get an, an overflow of cases. It's like, like she just does not know how to deal with this shit. Well, yeah, and wasn't Jimmy the one who was wanting them to stay in the hotel? Yeah. To like, yeah, and Kim was just like, "Let's move on." So there's a there's a D Day sticky note. One of the sticky notes says D Day, like Hitler's death. They're gonna they're gonna frame they're gonna frame Howard as being Hitler. Yeah, they they're are. Gonna, Jimmy's gonna dress up as Howard and do Heil Hitler in the streets. Wait, does Howard have a family? We don't know anything about Howard's family. No. He doesn't have a family. His dad's probably dead. How's this dude, bro? How old is this guy? <laughs> Howard? No, he's in his fifties. He has to be. I mean, how old is Chuck? Isn't Chuck in his sixties? Chuck's dead. How old was? Yeah, That's right. dude, come how on. Old was I think Chuck? he was in his late sixties. Chuck was like in his sixties, right? I don't know. I guess we have to look at the Breaking Bad wiki and you know find out. 
He was either 58 or 59, depending on the month he died. Yeah, it shows he's uh, 58 and 59. Or, you know, one of those two. Jimmy is like 41 in the very beginning of the show. And in Breaking Bad, he's 47. Kind of related to that, I just want to say that they're doing a really good job with Bob Odenkirk's makeup this season. He's looking good. Mm -hmm. Especially in uh, episode two, when he was like with the Kettleman's and stuff, he looked like, he looked like kind of young. Yeah. I wonder if that's because of the lighting. Well, maybe it's just maybe it just helps that he doesn't have that hideous sunburn anymore from Bagman. So because you said he looked older after Bagman, and when I rewatched it, I was like, "Holy shit, he's right." <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, it makes sense. But like, yeah. Actually, I wish they hired Disney so they can CGI Bob Odenkirk and Mike. They should just do a deep fake. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Mike hasn't even aged, bro. This dude looks the same every time. <laughs> no, in season five and six, he looks a bit you older. Think? I can't even notice. Yeah. Ma mainly when we're out in the desert and like it's that really harsh lighting, it just looks awful. Yeah, I just mm -hmm. wonder. Oh yeah, like his skin. Yo, his skin. Yo. Is that makeup? Is this like very reddish? No, that's just how he looks. He's a dried up tomato. But uh, I think it's time we talk about that final scene. The, the scene. So I didn't get spoiled, but I can kind of guess what happened. I didn't think he'd kill himself. I thought he was just going to be dumb. And then, like, when he had Bolsa at gunpoint, that's he would do something stupid. Then he'd get shot. But, uh... Yeah. Uh, how long until you guys realized that, uh, you know, he was going to shoot himself and not, you know, anybody in that scene? Because, you know, obviously, you know, they're in Breaking Bad. Uh, I was spoiled, so I knew he was going to shoot himself. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't, I didn't realize until, until it happened. When he had the gun to Bolsa, I thought what was going to happen, even though I knew, like, he was going to kill himself. I had a feeling, like, Mike would, like, mercy kill him, you know? Oh. Mm -hmm. Like, just shoot him in the head with a sniper rifle. Although then, uh, the twins and stuff would be mad at Gus for that. Unless they just say it was just a random bullet. The thing is, like, also, did you guys note that, like, when he, when they took him to, like, the Salamakas place, um, there was, like, that one shot of, like, you get to see behind the window... It took me a while to realize they were going to use that as a torture method. Like, if he didn't give up the names. The uh, little toolbox and uh, the little window behind them. I did not see that. Shit, you must have been sleeping. <laughs> I was I was just too... I, was, I, had, I had too many tears in my <laughs> He was eyes. crying. Oh, <laughs> he was crying. Holy crap. No, I, I, nah. I wasn't crying. I'm a solace. I was crying. HN and CNA. TV shows don't make me cry. So I couldn't say this during the cold open. I forgot to say it, but... uh. I saw someone say that um, the glass on the floor in the on the desert was foreshadowing the glass when uh, Walt killed um, Crazy Eight. I thought that was a possibility, but uh, Walt killed Crazy Eight with a plate, though. But that's for some people thought it's foreshadowing the events of that. Um, yeah, it's but not. Vince Gilligan debunked it himself on the podcast. You know, you fucked up when Vince himself says no. <laughs> Breaking Bad fans be reaching. Well, the thing for me was like when I seeing seeing it all go down, it was just a matter of how it happened that I I was a little surprised. Like when he had the gun pointed at Bolsa, when they kept building, like they waited and he was just like looking around. I was like, wait, he's going to kill himself, isn't he? And then I hate being right. I hate being right. Well, I just want to talk about how that was an amazing scene and it was awesome. And it was like the best scene ever. But 
kind of sad that we're never going to see, uh, like, Lalo confront Nacho, like, in any way yeah. for what he did. That's that's the main missed opportunity for me, at least. That's the one problem I have. No resolution to that, like, side of the story. I guess Lalo is just going to find out Nacho's dead and it's a bit like, okay. I wonder how the cartel stuff is going to be as interesting now that Nacho's out of the picture. Because, like, what made it interesting, it was like, it was Gus, Nacho, and Lalo. It was like between the three and then now that nacho's out it's like it's just gus versus lalo now and like we know that lalo's gonna die eventually because there's no fucking way he survives this show <laughs> yeah yeah everybody thought nacho will die by uh lalo and you know the whole season would just be you know a cat and mouse uh game you know but they never actually see each other after uh, the end of season five yeah i really thought there was gonna be more like lalo like nacho being this like tug of war between like lalo and gus and like they're both trying to use him in some way and eventually he mm -hmm. might like get the upper hand and end things his own way, but you know, guess not. He just yeah. fucked up. I thought I thought Lalo I thought Gus was gonna kill Nacho. If he did, I would have I would have fucking hated him. Can I just say the best part of the death was how they did it? That was honestly the best way to do it. Well yeah, it was it was awesome. That fucking speech. His speech, yeah, that was so good. That Tyrion trial moment. I know it is so Kino. Peter Dinklage in a hole after that. Man. Like just seeing how he like went on like his rant it kept getting more suspenseful like at first he was just like oh mm -hmm. i was hired by people in peru and then like hector like pointed at gus and i was like oh shit what's gonna happen it's like i didn't expect that i was like no this was just go one way but like knowing they did that it's like they're gonna do something else and then like Nacho goes on that rant and like how they paid off like you know the whole like he was stuck in the chair thing did you guys expect that? Well, I I, I was I was spoiled they by that. I fucking love that part. That was amazing. The Virgin, I watch Jane die versus the Chad. I put you in that chair. And he's like, I hope you'll think of me. I was like, Yo, get his ass. Yeah, he sounds so fucking vicious when he was saying it. You twisted fuck. Bro, the way he did it, his voice was super deep right? when he said that. Dude, it was like yeah. It was like his character in Far Cry, bro. Like he was straight. He sounds just like his character. Yeah, a lot of people are saying, uh, why didn't Nacho kill uh, Juan Balser, the twins? And of course, besides, you know, us knowing that they survived Breaking Bad, uh, him not doing it is supposed to show how, uh, you know, he's not taking orders from anyone, you know, in that final moment. You know, if he were to kill Balser, the twins, uh, that would have gave uh, Fring satisfaction. And, you know, vice mm -hmm. versa, if he were to do it to the twins, uh, I mean, to Fring, you know. So he decided to go out on his uh, own terms, you know, finally free to make a choice after being quote-unquote held captive for over two seasons. Well, like, Gus, like, owes Nacho big time for that because he played that role to perfection. Like, oh, yeah. He definitely sold it that he was working for Alvarez instead of Gus. I mean, obviously, obviously Hector knows that it was still Gus, but... But yeah. I actually like how he didn't go the way Gus expected. Like, you, you can even see it in his face. It's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, and he, there was even that second, and I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I feel like he was fucking with them. I feel like he was. Who, Nacho to Gus? Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's like just how they paid it all off. Like, he just like, you know, like his hatred of the cartel. Cause like, we didn't get to see that, like on display. We've never get to see his like really how he hates his position in the cartel, but like. Well, yeah, this is the first time the whole show is just, he's just been like straight face, like all internal. And this is like the only time we ever see him just fucking let it out. See, yeah, that's exactly what I like about it. Damn, he took the words. Yeah, that's exactly what he's gonna say. Yeah, I saw this one guy on Twitter say that uh, Hector let Walter put a bomb in his wheelchair, you know, so that he can go out like Nacho. 
<laughs> That's actually true. No. I, be I, I believe no that. Way. Uh, I was going to say, I think the Nacho Confession is definitely a lot like when Walt was like, I watched Jane die. It was a lot like that, except it's more satisfying. In Walt's case, that was like, that's like one of Walt's lowest moments. And for, for Nacho, that's like his like final like stand or whatever before he murks himself. What are Walt's highest moments? Uh, fucking Skylar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mean the rape? No, no. When they fuck in season four. You're the one who brought up a rape, bro. That's weird. The rape? Remember when Skylar had that green shit on her face? Oh, yeah. 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 It was early season two, I'm pretty sure. He was getting a bit touchy. That was definitely top 10 Walt badass moments compilation. <laughs> yeah, some say that that's when, uh, you know, Heisenberg was created. You know, I know Breaking Bad gets constantly memed for, like, how they make some of their characters look badass, but I like how even, especially with Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, I like how they can make their badass characters look so silly sometimes. Like, do y'all remember, like, when Walt got police sprayed or some shit? Walt's just like a little, he's like a cartoon character. Mm -hmm. In terms of how just pathetic he is at times. Early season three is so funny. That's part of the reason why season three is the goat season. And when he throws the plant in uh, Ted's office or tries to. That's that's one of the best Breaking Bad scenes. Fuck, fuck like him killing people with machine guns. That's what I like in Breaking Bad. To be fair, he was shooting Nazis. So you could be happy about that. Wow. Nazis bad. Wow. But he killed Todd. Okay, but Todd, who, who the fuck, who likes Todd? I'm a Todd fan. This is Sinner's Sin is on record saying he's a fan of a Nazi character. Honestly, can I be real? I can't even tell if Todd is meant to be like intentionally manipulative or is he just not aware of that? I can't even tell. He's like a sociopath. Like he, he doesn't understand. He just doesn't know any better. Anyways, back to Better Call Saul. Continue. Oh yeah. What, what What's that show? <laughs> I haven't heard of that show. Has yeah. anyone heard of that underrated indie gem Better Call Saul? That, that nope. underrated gem with the underrated that? scene where... Mike uh, is very moved by Nacho's death and how he walks away. I, w I would have preferred if they ended the episode just on Nacho's corpse, though. I didn't think they needed that last shot of Mike walking away. Wasn't the last shot the flower, though? No, it wasn't. The last shot was just Mike walking off. Well, yeah, it's good that we saw his reaction, but then it should have cut back to, like, some, like, close-up of something, you know, something artistic. Like, maybe we see, like, a flower beginning to bloom or some shit, I don't know. I thought the final shot was Hector shooting, uh... It's like a, the final shot's like a wide shot where Mike walks away and then it like focus pulls to in the background you see Nacho's body getting shot. such a dickish look. Like, yeah. Ugh, I hate that. Well yeah that shows how like pathetic Hector is because like he's just completely lost at that point but he still like wants to get some kind of satisfaction so he just shoots the fucking reaction corpse. like was mm -hmm. he like guilty or is he just satisfied that like he didn't have to deal with this? I think he's affected by it. Maybe not he's not like sad that Nacho's dead or anything but he's definitely like damn like I gotta do better next time. Because his plan had a lot of holes. This was definitely the one time where Gus's plan... Actually, two times. Two times where... This is the second time where Gus's plan actually kind of blew up on his face. What was the first time? Yeah, when he when he sent 50 of the, the worst... When he sent the worst hitmen in the world to I go kill Lala. I didn't even Lala. think Lala was that skilled. Mm. Oh, yeah. I was actually kind of surprised. If they were just cartoon characters. Well, it doesn't help that Lala had the cartoon tunnel <laughs> under his house. And he climbs through a vent, like, not even a vent. It's like oh a my ceiling. gosh. When he killed Lala that dude in season cool. four. Like he's a superhero. It's so random. I didn't actually think he killed the guy. I thought Ugh. he just knocked him out or something. Well, yeah, that's, that's like, isn't that like the first time we see Lalo, like, do something really bad up, like, at that point? Because up until then, he's just, like, cool guy. I mean, that was his, like, third episode only. That was episode nine, wasn't it? And he was introduced at the end of episode eight. Lalo's introduction is so fun. I love or it. Or maybe it was the finale. Yeah, I think it is the finale. Yeah. 
because Winner is just so fucking excellent. Well, I just have one more thing to say before we talk about our final thoughts. Um, this is v- officially the second episode yes. to yes. not use the normal end credits I love music. It. I love it. Oh, yeah. The Thank first God. being Chuck's death. Yeah. I hate that jingle, bro. God. That, no, that song's so good. I love it. Sometimes they just, like, I feel like they need to change it up sometimes. It doesn't work with every episode. No, yeah, I like it. Because sometimes, it, like, the episode's end on a dark note, and then they just play that stupid little jingle. It just ruins the moment. No, it's it's cool because it's like a it's like a remix of the Breaking Bad theme. Oh, if you haven't noticed, really? It like it like it's like kind of the same notes in a way. All right, I'm gonna have to look that up. It's actually it's a great song. I like it. Although I'm, you're right, they probably shouldn't play it at the end of every single episode. Although it's good because it gives when it when they do change it up for the Chuck and Nacho episodes, it's like really impactful. It's like damn, that was an episode. I predict they're gonna do it two more times this season. Yeah, probably like the end of this season, maybe. Well, there's going to be one more ma- massive... There's going to be another, like, massive, like, earth-shattering episode at some point. And they'll do it for then, and then they'll do it for, they'll do it for the finale, I think. Do you think the cartel stuff is just going to be, like, gone at that point? And it's just going to be, like, the Jimmy, Kim stuff? By the Breaking Bad timeline? Yes. Like, is it just going to be Jimmy-focused? Like, do you guys think the cartel is going to still be there? During Breaking Bad timeline, absolutely. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to focus on it that much. I, I feel think like- Lalo's still going to be alive during that period, so if he isn't, then I don't know. It's really interesting because the show's in a position where it's not like other prequels where it's like it it doesn't like end. Most prequels don't even end with like trying to be in the original thing. So it's like, I wonder how that works. Don't forget Rogue One, bro. I'm just wondering. It's like this can go wrong in so many ways. Like there's so many ways this can go bad. You can trust Vincent. I know. I know. It's just I, I, they're I, in a very I trust unique Peter. situation. Very unique situation. Okay. No, Vince is a bit dodgy to me. Vince Vince did El Camino, don't forget, which I like El Camino, but a lot of people don't. That was a 100% Vince product. And El Camino is very well shot. It has the same uh, cinematographer. Is it the same cinematographer for all the episodes of Better Call Saul? I'm pretty sure. Or like at least for all of like a season? No, season five, seasons one through five was the same person, right? I thought it would have been like different cinematographers of different directors. By the time it was season three, they had the same cinematographer. If we're gonna talk about the technical aspects, not the expert here, but I like how season six, it's not, there's not as many like nighttime scenes as like season five. But it's more vibrant. Yeah, season five was fucking dark. Yeah, I kind of don't like that aspect of it, but it still looks really good, obviously. And this one looks more like it doesn't lack color. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul are still like the kings of scenes shot in deserts other than Mad Max. Oh, yeah, forgettable movie, honestly. That shit was a snooze. Shut up. True, Johnny. The color grading? <laughs> Shut comparing up. Comparing to Better Call Saul is like light and day. Or night and day. I said light and day. <laughs> yeah, you did. You're an idiot. All right, we need to wrap this up. Final ratings. What Sinner, rating out of 10. Go. It's 10 out of 10. One of the best Better Call Saul episodes. And just Breaking Bad Universe episodes. Right. Dan, rating. Uh, I don't rate episodes, but it's it's an amazing Better Call Saul episode. It's definitely one of the best. Man, aren't you a fucking pretentious little bitch? All right, Johnny, rating. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10? Uh, it's yep. a 10 out of 10 for me as well, I reckon. Yeah. Very Kino. It's Kino yeah, approved. so uh, guess we'll be back next week to discuss episode 4, Return of the Mid. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. This shit's going to be a snooze. Are we going to finally get that fucking boxing match this episode? Actually, I don't think I, I don't so. think I even saw that in the preview. I don't think so maybe not. they didn't show any boxing it, thing. Yeah, it wasn't. I also did not see Lalo in the preview, so this is yet another Lalo-less episode. Actually, uh, Kim saw like this guy in a fancy suit, and she was like, are you following me? I thought that was not uh, Lalo. 
Yeah, I, someone said that's like one of Mike's guys, apparently. He's like the same guy who's, he's like breaking into Nacho's safe in episode two as well. It's like that guy, apparently. Yeah, that's that's going to be the main thing for Kim that episode at least. Uh, any predictions for tomorrow's episode? I mean, next week's. Uh, Howard's going to kill himself. Don't have like a strong prediction, except I'm just glad we're having a Jimmy and Kim focused episode. I feel like we need that after with Nacho. I think the uh, the twins from season one, the skater boys, are gonna return and they're gonna do the hit and run. For oh Jimmy. my gosh, they have to! I agree. Yeah. So fun. I agree. I, I saw someone also say that this could be when Soul's film crew returns to like film it. Oh shit! Let's go! Oh my goodness! This is gonna be good. If it is, this is gonna be. Gonna peak. Be Let's not get too hyped up though, in case it's just boring. Yeah, we all know who's directing it, so. All right, everyone, right or sinner, right now, who's the local pro? I think it's Todd. Dan, who's the pro? Who is the pro? Who is the local pro that Jimmy is enlisting to help with to put on really a show? I really think it's probably the twins. Johnny? Yeah, you the, think twins, it's the twins. Yeah. Yep. Even though it's local pro singular. Ooh. Maybe it's just one of the twins. The other one's dead. Oh my gosh, what if they bring Bill Burr? What if they bring Bill Burr for that episode? Oh shit. But yeah, people are saying that. It's I've people most it's either the camps are either Bill Burr or Wendy. He's actually not a local pro though. He moved to Albuquerque, he's from Boston. He's still in Breaking Bad. Oh, shit. Dang. Sinner's got the in-depth lore. Okay, I'm gonna say it's Wendy. I'll go with the boring one. I'm just glad that Better Call Saul are using characters from the past seasons. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I, Kettleman's was great. Price is coming back. I fucking hope. Maybe the local pro is Price. Oh, shit. Or <laughs> Combo. Baseball card pro. Yeah. It'll, okay. it'll be Emilio. Also, uh, just before we end off, I want to bring up the bingo card I made ages ago. Remember that? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. I uh, yeah, yeah. just want to see how many we can cross off. Um, so far, we've got uh, Nacho dies. We can take that one off. Kim feet shots. We can we can take that off. And that's all we can take off right now. All right. Most of them are like for like shit. That's going to definitely happen like at the end of the season. So, well, oh, we can take off Walt and Jesse as well because we know that's going to happen. Well, we don't know if Walt and Jesse are going to be in the same scene. So that was that was this week's discussion of uh, season six, episode three, Rock and Hard Place. And obviously, we'll be back next week for episode four. Uh, what's hit, it called? Hit and run. Hit and, hit and run. Hit and run. Tune in next week for hit and run. It's going to be a big one. Maybe. Probably not. Thanks, everybody, so much for watching slash listening.